following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to episode 821 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and scholarly Brittany Page. Have you fully recovered from your trip in public? (laughs) (laughs) I almost didn't get it. (laughs) My trip in public. When you tripped in public. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just funny. I was thinking my trip. I didn't go anywhere. And then I realized what you're talking about. On yes. Your, on your flip-flops. Yes. So I have elder flip-flops. I think we need... A- for, the, for the audience who doesn't, who doesn't know me well, mo- mo- most of the time I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops. Yeah. That's my deal. Mm-hmm. If you see me on, on the YouTube and I got a sport coat and a, and a dress shirt on... There's a good chance I've just got shorts under the desk. Uh-huh. On. Uh-huh. And so I've got this pair of flip-flops that are that I like that are that are starting to droop. So when I lift my foot, the flip-flop doesn't stay close to the bottom of my foot. It droops down. And it's starting to catch on things. I've tripped walking up the stairs of our house. I frequently trip if there's a raised part of the sidewalk. And then I stumble. And then invariably, I look back at the sidewalk like, hey, fuck you, buddy, because mm-hmm. I feel like a jackass. Yes. Well, I think it's a common human experience to feel embarrassed when we trip, which is a funny thing because everyone trips. <laughs> yeah. And it's... I've never, I've never thought about it. It's that. just something that happens. Yeah, and why yet should I be embarrassed? embarrassed about it. Yeah, why should I be embarrassed? Yeah, why should you? Why are you? Well, I'm not now. No one's around staring at me. Like, look at that fucking idiot who tripped on his own feet. Yeah, I felt the same way when I fell down the stairs. I was very... I thought you were going to say you felt the same way when I tripped, that you were embarrassed that you were standing next to that fucking idiot who tripped over his own feet. No, 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 no. (laughs) Of course not. You were embarrassed when you fell down the stairs and no one was there to see it. Yeah, everyone heard it, unfortunately, though. You... Clayton was here and Clayton heard it like it was it was heard by other people. And so that means that that people knew still. Well, you it did leave you crying in the bathroom. Yeah. Because you hurt yourself. That's correct. I think. I don't know why that felt so aggressive. No, no, to me, no, no. It was pretty. Now, I think we're getting into something here. OK. I think if you do trip and fall, the more severe your injury the less embarrassing it should be. Because it's like, you've already paid the penalty. Uh Uh-huh. Embarrassment is like a penalty. You're paying uh, the price for it. But if you hurt yourself, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, she suffered enough. We shouldn't shouldn't make her feel worse. Well, I'm also trying to think, (laughs) I think people are embarrassed because they think people are going to laugh at them that they tripped or make fun of them. Like, ha-ha, look at that idiot that trips idiot and i don't i've never really had that 
reaction. So I think kids do. I think it's more of a, yeah, like they watch videos of people falling and it's super funny. I, when, when I was a kid and this is when we lived in Missouri, we went to some vacation Bible school or maybe it was just youth group thing where they showed a video and like Mr. T was in it. It was a fucking nightmare thing, but there was one thing where like Mr. T was teaching a lesson, and if you fall down, do something cool like a little breakdance move to make everybody think, oh, he wasn't falling. He was being cool. Okay, that's the worst possible thing that you it's could do. It's terrible, because then you just look like an idiot who's just flopping around, popping and locking on the ground. Just get up and walk away. Also, not everybody's staring at you. Yeah. It is kind of a spotlight effect thing. Yeah, well, also, it... It's that would just be someone who can't accept that sometimes they accidentally trip. Like I would be kind of worried about that person who needs to do this like ridiculous move in order to show everyone that they're, as you put it, super cool. Uh, even <laughs> as a as a fifth, well, that was talking in fifth grade parlance. Sure, in my fifth grade brain. No, I think you think it's super cool. It was ten year old logic here. It honestly explains listen, why you did what you did the even, other day. Yeah, right. I I was popping and locking on the ground. Even as a ten year old i was like well that's fucking dumb i mean i may have used different language in my jesus infiltrated brain yeah but well it reminds me of zach woods there's this segment on conan o'brien's youtube channel it's a very old video but he would ask different celebrities like what their favorite videos online are and my favorite one to go and revisit from time to time is zach woods talking about what his favorite videos are online zach woods from the office and uh silicon valley yeah if you don't know who he is just google it and he talked about a psa i think from canada that is just like yeah. a, a general PSA about like not having accidents. And, yeah, be careful. Yeah, and they show it and it's horrifying. It's people like falling with hot grease and it's very, it's alarming when you watch it. There's like screaming that's really intense. Yeah. It's very funny when he's talking about it. So if you want to have a laugh for your morning, I would recommend watching that. Well, also, it really, maybe I should do a PSA about don't trip. And well, the, you know, what have you a compound need, fracture with my shin bone broken in half. What you need are flip flop recommendations so that you can quit whining about your droopy flip flops. I think that would wow. be probably That's, is that the takeaway here that I'm I'm whining. It would be ideal. You fucking brought it up. I was ready to have a great show. <laughs> I was ready, and now I just want everyone I'm, to know I'm, that you now tripped. I'm I'm down in the dumps. Yeah. Hey everybody. I'm sad. I want everyone to know that you tripped. Yeah. Like a loser. <laughs> like a fucking loser. All right. It's been a good few days for Donald Trump, which has been really exciting. And we know we've gotten some calls. Listeners are saying, hey, guys, I've been looking for an update. Can't wait to hear your commentary and all the stuff that's been going down. And we have been excited to talk about it, too. Uh, a lot going on. We're excited to get into it. Before we do that, though, let's get to some listener communication. If you would like to sound off, talk to us, ask us questions, just news about the world, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. 
Hi, Jesse and uh, Brittany. It's Justin from New Jersey, and um, I recently fell in love with the podcast. I've been a long supporter of Jesse's YouTube channel, and uh, I really like the work that you got you guys are doing. And uh, I just watched episode seven hundred and seventy-seven, and yeah, that that was a really deep episode, and with the question with the guy and his father. Uh, yeah, it just made me want to call and say thank you guys for all the work that you guys got, that you guys are doing. Keep it up. I love you guys. And uh, as for like a political question, um, mainly, what do you guys think our future looks like in five, ten years? I know that's very ambiguous and uh, a very big. Uh, question to ask, but do you guys see this country getting better? Because I see my classmates and everybody becoming more and more socially liberal, but this weird urge to say that I don't know, that Democrats spend too much money and all this. I would like to know what you guys think. Again, thank, thank you guys for all the work you guys do. And, uh, yeah, bye. So thanks for the call, Justin. Thanks for the the kind words. That is always yes, um, very nice. A booing of the spirits to hear those things. Where do I see us in five or ten years? Where do we see us? Um, obviously, I won't speak for the lovely and talented Brittany Page. You can speak for herself, but I think we might be just on the other. If if we're able to get through this immediate period of terror for the United States. I think in five years, we could be on our way out of it, but it's going to take a long time. I I certainly think that in a decade, it's reasonable to assume we could be out of this. As far as the... Out of this, meaning the threat to democracy? Is that what you're specifically... Yeah, the existential threat that we face, that our democracy faces. Mm -hmm. As far as the other thing about, like... People say, oh, Democrats spend too much money and Republicans are the ones that care about the budget. I think that might always be here. Although, I think more and more people are waking up to the fact that every time there's a Republican in office who talks like they're a budget hawk, like they're a deficit hawk, the the, the national debt grows by, you know, like with Trump, like 7.8 or or, or $8 trillion. Right. During Trump's time, the guy who said he was going to pay off the entire national debt in eight years, which is bananas on its face, said that that we weren't going to have deficits. He was going to pay the the debt was going to be paid down. He actually added eight trillion dollars to our debt. Yeah, it's a manipulation tactic to stand in the way of actual progress when Democrats are in power is to have a quote unquote legitimate reason for standing in the way of benefits yeah. of policies that could actually help people. And so they talk about the the debt because they think that their base will care about it and will be concerned about it. But in terms of does it actually matter that Democrats, quote unquote, spend more money, they should spend even more money. We yeah. should be spending a lot more money to help people. So as a strategy, though, it's the Democrats' fault that when Donald Trump runs a $1.5 trillion deficit on several of his four years, several because of the unpaid, the tax cut for the rich that didn't do what trickle-down economics claims to do. What happened was they they gave all these tax breaks to businesses and, and, and billionaires and corporations 
And then they were like, oh, they're going to reinvest in the economy. And then all that money is going to come trickling down to the everyman. And then that doesn't happen. They hold on to it for a rainy day or, or give back as stock dividends or whatever the fuck they do with it. But it doesn't do what they say. So it ends up being a deficit for the country. Mm-hmm. And Democrats, rather than say, well, this is going to add to the deficit. See, this is a problem. Not as a problem as in this is a problem that you're spending more money than you're bringing in, but this is a problem because you guys are liars. Rather than that, Democrats are like, oh, good, finally some spending programs. We're going to be able to spend. We're going to be able to to run the country as it should be run because it's not a, a household. You don't need to have a balanced budget like you do at home. The Democrats are failing. It's a messaging thing. And I think... People, maybe on their own, are waking up to the fact that it is a bullshit proposition that Republicans care about being good stewards of the people's money. So going back to the question, five to ten years, the future, I think it's very much contingent upon how things go in this upcoming election. It is very important that people get involved and ensure that the people around them are getting involved politically and not just getting so tired of yeah. of what's happening that they decide to bow out. It's it's important in Wisconsin with Mandela Barnes. Mandela Barnes needs to be elected in Wisconsin. John Fetterman needs to be elected in Pennsylvania. Uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia against Herschel Walker. Beto, Beto O'Rourke in Texas. Yes, there's so many upcoming important elections, and it, it's very important that people get involved. If you want there to be a positive future and for us to get past this threat to democracy, then it is up to all of us to really get involved and believe that things can be better in five to ten years and work to make that happen. Yeah, it's kind of like um, The Walking Dead. It's like you got to fight. Is it? Well, no, listen. <laughs> it's exactly like it, in fact. Okay, here we go. It's, you got to fight. And if you're you're too tired to fight, then the zombie's going to fucking get you, and then you're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah you're, you're tired. You're exhausted. It's, it's, it's hard to focus. It's hard to be engaged. But if you don't, you're fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Our democracy dies. We become a Republican-run country in perpetuity where they can just squash the rights of marginalized groups left and right without any interference from anyone else because they're a fascist party that disregards all uh, conventional wisdom about democracy. Well, and listen, I, I definitely can start to feel that fatigue, especially when I hear about election results coming out of Arizona and the protests that were happening in Arizona. I believed armed Trump supporters were outside of a Phoenix FBI office yesterday. Arizona seems to be like a hell state right now. And if you live in Arizona, I'm sorry, it, it, the weather number one, it's more important for them to be involved. The the weather number one. And then like the threat to democracy overall. Number two, I think number two is democracy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. The heat, the, the the triple digit temperatures that's number one okay. for you listen i have <laughs> i have some i have some problems with summertime okay not a fan and it's always summertime in phoenix yeah <laughs> no thank you so thank you very much justin hopefully we answered your question uh, interested to hear from the listeners on that i don't know if anyone was listening to justin's call and thought oh 
I have a response for that. I I know exactly what the future holds. I am the prognosticator. Please let us know. 657-464-7609 or I doubt it at dollamore.com. Last time we talked about the upcoming meeting in Meridian, Idaho at the library because the Idaho Liberty Dogs are challenging <laughs> some books that are in the Meridian Library. And Jesse, you correctly pointed out that yeah, we talk about things happening in Idaho a lot, but it's because it is telling about what is to come in other parts of the country. And sure enough, Michigan is having the same battle over funding for their library because of people who are frustrated and threatening the LGBTQ content in the library. More than 100 people packed the Patmos Library tonight, just under a week after voters shot down a millage over a handful of LGBTQ books. People on both sides giving impassioned speeches. The real issue is going behind the backs of parents to groom and indoctrinate their children without parental consent. Some speakers said they voted against the millage because the library's availability of the LGBTQ books goes too far. Despite staff confirming that those only account for 0.001% of their catalog. It is manipulative, destructive, and wrong. All this to say, when did it become a library's duty to be obsessive about gender and sexuality for children? But most of the comments were in support for the library and the millage. Pappas Library is a public library. It's not a church library, and it's not a private library for only certain individuals. That's what makes a public library a public library. I can take out the books I think are appropriate for me and my family, and you can take out books and other materials that are appropriate for your family at the age that they are at. It's not a children's library, it's a public library. Connor Cook spent two and a half summers helping the children's librarian at Patmos. As an LGBTQ member, he says voting down a financial lifeline for a public institution for these reasons is dangerous. And that communicates something very um, moral about our community because LGBTQ children and all of us are taught that our survival is dependent on us being meek and taking up as little space as possible. And this week we learned that 0.001% was too much space. In regards to um, with the millage being voted down, ultimately if nothing happens, the, the doors would close. With the library's future in jeopardy, Marsha? Yes. And? Yes. Board members decided to vote on putting the millage on the ballot again this November, yes. expecting a better turnout in the general election. Pass that. So, 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 so. I, 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 I. Yeah, that was not happening. What stadium, stadium, medium, medium were they in, 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 in? It was not. I think they were in the library. So I don't know what was happening there, but that was not because of us. That yeah, was the, the, the news clip. And that was just the technology the library was working with. Okay, you guys. See, they need to be funded. Yes, exactly. Like just more proof. Yeah. Listen, for years, we've had callers on the show call in uh, who are trans, who are, who are gay, who are bi. Who, who complain, who sound the alarm about conservatives not wanting to even acknowledge their existence. And this is just the culmination of that. We've gotten pushback from, from certain callers at points. Like, oh, I think they're being, 
they're, they're sounding the alarm. They're crying wolf a little bit. That's, it doesn't go to that extent. It's not about their existence. And yeah, the fuck it does. It, and yeah, it is. This is that. They, they want all evidence of LG, LGBTQ people uh, and their, their existence in the world removed from the library. Well, and if you watch this clip, the people who are coming out to speak against the LGBTQ content, and I'm trying to say this in a way that isn't um, dickish, but they're very old. They're very, very old people. All of them are very old. So what you're saying is that they're old dinosaur just fucking jerk-offs. They're all very old, and... Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. This is how old they are. <laughs> um, they are so how old are they? Yeah, they are so. Um, this is not a joke. They're so old that I was <laughs> that I was wondering. This is really what they want to spend their last days doing. I mean, this could be some of their last days. They're so old that outside the library where they were speaking into the microphone like it was a stadium, there were ambulances <laughs> at the ready with like medic teams. Yes, like this is how they want to go out. And yeah. that's wild to me that they think this is a worthwhile endeavor, that this is worthy of the if they counted how much time they have left and narrowed it down, like if they took away time for sleeping, time for eating. Oh, yeah. It's really not that much. Yeah, like two weeks. And they are using it to be hateful and to come out and talk about something that doesn't even affect them. Who gives a shit if someone checks out a book yeah. that is about a, a gay love story or whatever? It, it doesn't matter, and you are not affected by it. So why are you taking time out of your day to be so hateful and try to take away choice from other people. It really is what you said. They don't even want .001 of the library catalog to have options for people that will feel supported and accepted in their communities. That's all this is about. Yeah, I and mean, listen, if you're reading some smutty love story novel. Like and, Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, what a, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, perfect, right. Well, maybe someone who is is gay or trans, they don't identify with that, and that's not turning their crank like it does for, for all the, the wine moms who went out to watch those fucking terrible movies. So why not have an option? Like, fuck you. This is America. Well, did you also hear the person who said, I love your This Is America. You're going, you're taking a turn to, what's that song? America, love you know what I mean, Brittany? It's not the song I was thinking of, but <laughs> uh, did you also hear the person, the the old person say, when did it become a library's job to be obsessive about gender slash sexuality for children? Says the guy who's obsessive. Again, point zero zero one of their catalog. Does that represent being obsessive? It's just these people are allowed to say whatever they want because it's a library public meeting, but all they're saying are false things that they need to be challenged on. Listen, if anybody is obsessed with gender and sexuality, it's the right. 
Yeah, it's the people who are completely unaffected by these issues who are deciding to let it take up so much space in their lives that, again, they're using their literal final hours where they're, like, wheeling their deathbed into the library. Ah, I hate the gays. (laughs) It's just, it's a nightmare. Where's my oxygen? Okay, so enough (laughs) with this. But if you are experiencing this in your area, a library is being threatened for their funding, then let us know. We definitely want to talk about it. Something we talked about on the last episode was how the response that Donald Trump had and conservatives had to the raid on Mar-a-Lago was going to create a outpouring of violence and threats against law enforcement. And what do you know? That's exactly what happened. And just breaking tonight, amid those concerns over the safety of FBI agents, the end of a violent confrontation involving the FBI and an armed suspect. Stephanie Gosk is in Cincinnati with late details there. Steph, what are you learning about the suspect involved? Kate, just moments ago, we learned that the suspect is dead after that standoff in a cornfield. Two officials familiar with the matter tell NBC News his name was Ricky Walter Schiffer, and he was at the Capitol on January 6th. State police tell us that they tried to negotiate with him and use non-lethal methods, but when he pulled his gun, they fired. Tonight in Ohio, a violent hours-long standoff is over after authorities cornered a man who tried to break into the FBI building in Cincinnati. He's come to his injuries at the scene. At 9.15 this morning, the man entered the visitor screening area of the FBI field office, wielding an AR-15-style rifle and a nail gun, which he fired at people, according to two law enforcement sources. The suspect then fled in his car, speeding off onto the interstate. At 9.37, state police tried to stop the car, but couldn't, leading to a chase through country roads. Subject must be armed with body armor. Fired several shots at officers. The standoff in a cornfield lasted for hours, with more reports of gunfire. Once the vehicle came to a, to a stop, a gunfire was exchanged between officers on scene and the suspect. Residents were told to stay inside, and the highway was shut down in both directions. The suspect's motive is unknown, but the incident took place two days after federal agents searched Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. FBI Director Christopher Wray was asked yesterday if he was worried the search could trigger retaliation against the FBI. Any threats made against law enforcement, including the men and women of the FBI, uh, as with any law enforcement agency, are, are deplorable and dangerous. Some Republicans responded to the search warrant with calls to take down the agency, including one congressman who tweeted, we must destroy the FBI, while online some extremists made direct threats. Meanwhile, in Ohio, relief that a dangerous confrontation is over. State police say no law enforcement were injured. Stephanie Gosk, NBC News, Cincinnati. The person that they were talking about who said we must destroy the FBI, that was in a tweet, and that was from Paul Gosar. Yeah. Arizona, another fucking Arizonan. Sorry, I know there's good people. There's there's Democrats, obviously. But Arizona right now is a fucking powder keg. In the country. Yeah. So we we talked about how this was going to lead to this and and then it happened almost immediately. Yeah. And it's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. Listen, I would play the, the horn tootin' music, except for it doesn't take a genius to realize where the rhetoric of Republicans is going to lead. We watched for January sixth. We watched during COVID when they were storming capitals all across the country. We know. And based on the fact that we know, we know that they know. They know what they're doing. They know what their rhetoric is going to lead to. Right. 
So we now know also, just let's talk about all the things we were right about. That Jesse was also right. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little glimmer of it. That's all that we need. Is that Attorney General Merrick Garland said that he personally approved. Oh, no, this one's worth it. And Jesse, you called it. Yeah. This is what you said. Yep. You said that this had to have been personally approved. From the desk of Merrick Garland. That's, yeah. that's what you said. Yeah. So you were right. Because he came out and he said, tell him it was me. <laughs> Since I became attorney general, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety 
while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. He is an awkward fucking dude, man. Oh, okay, Laura Ingram. We'll at get the there. end there, at the end there, when he goes to walk away and they all start, you know, mm-hmm. acting like seagulls. Yeah. He turns around and is like, awkwardly, like, listen, I said what I said. I can't say any more. Good day, sir. Yeah. So this was. And no, I'm not Laura Ingram. Thank you. Okay, well, we'll get there, and I think you'll see some similarities. So this created a situation where Donald Trump had to let the court know, essentially, by 3 p.m. on Friday, whether or not he was going to oppose releasing and the unsealing of the warrant documents to show what exactly motivated and went into this decision. It really put Donald Trump in the spot. Because he had been saying many different things. There there have been all kinds of different excuses and underlying reasonings that he has been releasing in his statements on Truth Social and, and via his, his statements from the 45th President of the United States. <laughs> and among, among those reasons and defenses, he admitted that he did have the documents, but that he declassified them. So right. that was one of the reasons. And then he would say, well, yeah, okay, I had the documents, but Obama Obama also had some documents. Yeah. Actually, a lot of He did documents. say that. Yeah. And then he also said that, well, the FBI planted them. Yeah. So apparently he didn't have them. The FBI is the one that planted them. He planted, apparently they planted declassified documents documents yes and then like uh, the original reason was that like he didn't have the documents so we have like he doesn't have the documents the fbi planted the documents okay he had them but he declassified them and then he had them but obama has them too so it's just like all of these reasons you know like how very honest people talk about their actions yeah is what we're is what we're getting at here (laughs) it is uh well just like with anything this was just kind of a microcosm of how MAGA world has operated over the course of the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm. It's, it was just all on display, compressed into like a three-day period. Yeah. So before we knew, before the unsealing happened, before we knew that there were nuclear documents, is what they were calling them when the news first broke, Fox News was already kind of ahead of this. So we're going to play a clip of Dana Perino talking about what, what must have prompted federal investigators to respond in this manner and that it had to have been something related to nuclear codes to warrant such a serious response? Remember, this is before we knew what the documents were. If I don't understand how a document can be this critical, like unless it has... You want the picture, you're saying if it has a picture of Putin and Trump making out? Yes. Like, short of the nuclear codes being written on these documents in a locked behind closed doors, I just really don't understand how a document could warrant this kind of warrant. It's very, it's so funny because she's giving the most extreme version that she can possibly give in her own head. The thing that it no way possibly could be. Short of this thing that no way is possible, this is a nothing burger. Right. When 
one, she's wrong. There's all kinds of instances. This could be uh, a list of, of uh, informants and resources, uh, human intelligence sources on the ground in any number of countries where they could be in danger. Their families could be murdered if they were outed. It could be all kinds of things. But what happened was... It was the nuclear thing. Right. And this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't just Fox News. This wasn't just Dana Perino. Alice Stewart, a Republican commentator on CNN, had the same line of reasoning. Look, we understand that DOJ has um, information they need to withhold, but it's really hard to look at what happened yesterday as anything short of an overreach by the federal uh, authorities and potential political um, persecution. And many are saying, and I've talked to a lot of folks up and down the, the political spectrum, doing such a raid to this magnitude, uh, a search to this uh, extreme, anything short of finding the nuclear codes at Mar-a-Lago is going to hugely backfire on the Biden administration. It's the folly of Republicans that they're still giving Donald Trump the presumption of innocence and uh, that, oh, he's, he's, he's a good-intentioned person. Mm-hmm. That, well, this is a problem. Unless they have a reason, as though the federal government is going to risk raiding a former president's house. It's never happened before, ever, because the crimes and the offenses committed, or suspected to have been committed, are greater than any other time in the history of our country. Right, so just like Donald Trump's excuses were all over the board This is how Republican commentators were continuing to act. So before we knew it was nuclear-related documents, that is what they were saying. Well, it it has to be something as serious as nuclear documents if they were going to do this. And so then they found out, oh, that's, oh. Oh, oh, it was that? Okay, so now what are we going to say? Well, Sean Duffy will give you a glimpse of what what it became. He's a former Republican congressman, current Republican commentator for fox news also former star of what was the 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 mtv reality show real world oh, he was really? on the fucking real world oh okay i guess i should have led with that he's a real dumb dumb so this is what sean duffy had to say once we found out what the documents were that you believe that justice is blind no right. matter when there's a violation of the law when anyone is attacked whether they're a republican or a democrat i stand up and say that's inappropriate but when you exclude the uh, the justices of the court but defend the doj then we go okay no no there are two standards of justice you can attack the supreme court justices you can protest outside their homes but don't say anything about the Department of Justice. Can I make one other point, Martha? I think it's interesting. Do you ever think that Donald Trump was packing boxes out of the White House to move them to Mar-a-Lago? What? Do you think that he went through the boxes in Mar-a-Lago? Do you think he knows what he had in those boxes? I don't think he did. And so to come after Donald Trump um, criminally, I think it's going to be very challenging for the Department of Justice because I don't <laughs> think he packed them. I don't think he knew what was in them. Um, there was a negotiation about those boxes. But Donald Trump didn't look through them. Donald Trump didn't pack them. And so criminally, I don't think there's going to be any liability here or very challenging for the Department of Justice unless he had top secret information in his desk drawer at Mar-a-Lago and they found that maybe, but more than likely it's in boxes down in some locker room in Mar-a-Lago and it'll go nowhere. They better have a lot, as I've been saying, uh, because otherwise they've undercut their own credibility and they've also probably helped uh, the the former president to galvanize even more support um, based on all of this. So Uh. I'll ask you about this as well. Another big day on the Hill as they take action on the House floor. By the way, Martha McCallum, 
It's supposed to be a straight yeah, news she's person. She's one of the, I'm on the news side of Fox News. She's not one of the entertainment people. They better, this better be serious. Otherwise, they're going to undercut their credibility, bro. Well, and, and listen, Martha McCallum joined this chorus of Republican commentators that were giving myriad excuses for what could have happened here for him to have these documents. And what was her excuse? Well, moving is really stressful. It's the question of whether or not what's in those top secret documents, which they right. say they have 11 of that fall under the TSSCI category. And why? You know, why, why would they have been packed? Was it because it was such a chaotic time during that January period post-election? We all remember there was a whole heck of a lot going on where they told just pack everything up and bring it to Mar-a-Lago. So what did the lawyers do after that when they got their hands on them? And what kind of transparency was there about what they actually had and how it should be handled, Mike? Uh. It is a childlike narrative that they're trying to put forward. I mean, she's saying that. Sean Duffy's talking about Donald Trump didn't personally pack these as though that's the high water mark. We know that the warrant was for his residence. It wasn't for some kitchen cabinet down in the, the main area where food is prepared for guests and members of the club. They had a search warrant, and he even said in his message, they even searched my safe. This was his area, his bedroom. He's talked about them, whether true or not, that they rummaged through Melania's closets. This wasn't for an area that was just off somewhere in the outskirts of Mar-a-Lago. This is the inner sanctum of Donald Trump's home, places where uh, guests don't go, places where staff only a choice set of staff are going to be going. Right. Well, and you have another, quote-unquote, straight news person, uh, Brett Bear, The worst. Who decided to go with a, another excuse. They were just loading them all on. Brett Bear. We need to mention Brett Bear, who has partied at Mar-a-Lago with Donald Trump, the, right. the newsman. Right. His, his excuse is that, listen... They got 11 boxes of documents. Only only one of the boxes is like that high-level stuff that you need to be in a secret room to review. It can't even leave the premises. Only only one box. Oh, and then also like Carter Page and Steele Dossier. Martha rightfully points out about the 11 boxes, but there's only one box, one box, one set of documents that's listed, uh, quote, various classified slash TS slash SCI. Now, various classified is obvious, top, TS, top secret. SCI is what we've been talking about, sensitive compartmented information. That's the high stuff. That is the stuff that you have to go into a special room to handle. You can't, you heard Jonathan Turley talking about it earlier. You can't go anyplace separate to look at this. It needs to be handled differently because it deals with sensitive sources, methods, analytical procedures, and it likely deals with uh, national security in one sense or another, but it's the top. But there's one set of documents but. that is split, various classified TS and SCI. Just pointing out that it's not like they have voluminous boxes of this most classified material. It doesn't take away from the sensitivity of it, 
or the possible uh, problems that that cause in the handling of it, uh, if it's not been dis- declassified, as the president and his attorneys say. Uh, but to Martha's point, in the wake of what we saw with the Russia collusion, what we saw with the FISA request for Carter Page, what we saw with the handling of various elements uh, going back, the Steele dossier, uh, just what we've seen over the past few years, you have to be skeptical of some of of the actions uh, and you have to get to that point where they explain what brought them to this moment. So, Brett, um, House Intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff of California. You don't have to be fucking skeptical of this. Where was there a misstep relative to Carter Page? Where was there a misstep in these other things? Nothing was was treated poorly. Nothing was done out of hand. Nothing was inappropriate. Oh, there's only one box filled with TSSCI intelligence, which is kind of like calling it an ATM machine. (laughs) One page of, of, of sensitive, compartmented intelligence is enough to create grave danger for national security. One single fucking page. This isn't... Uh, I, I'm... Even for Fox News, this this is extra bootlicky. Yeah. Even for Fox News. Well, and because that's why... this is their lead guy. This is their yes. most reputable anchor on Fox News, Brett Baer. Yes. He's the guy. Yes. And that's what's scary is that even people who might think that the the hangers on that still watch Fox News and try to say they still have reputable, quote unquote, reputable people that are anchors. No, because that is Brett Baer. That is Martha McCallum. And you're hearing them talk about how you need they're telling their audience you need to be skeptical of this. You notice they don't say that about unarmed black men that are killed in the street by police. They don't say you need to be skeptical of the story that you're hearing from the police right now because police are known to lie. They don't say that. Yeah. They don't say that on the news. They're saying it about the rich, white, powerful man. Oh, let's, let's take a step back and... And really analyze what's going. We let's not rush to judgment, everybody. The the most powerful white man, yeah, because he's a former president. And if law enforcement does not have everything in order before they take a step like this, it is going to go bad. And they know that. Yeah. So when they're saying you need to be skeptical because we need to make sure they're doing the right thing, I. I'm pretty sure that the unprecedented action of going and searching a private residence of a former president is something that is going to warrant everyone behaving in a very serious matter manner to make sure yeah. that they are doing things the way that they are supposed to I be mean, done. I mean, if there was ever an operation that was carried out by the Department of Justice and the FBI that was absolutely by the motherfucking book, this was it. They're not going rogue like Steve Scalise was able to say on Fox News. And here's what's happening. You've got your Fox News types, your buttoned-up credibility types like Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. Not so much Sean Duffy, but certainly Martha McCallum and Brett Baer. And then couple that with all of the, the inflamed language from idiots like Steve Scalise and other politicians... And you're, you're, you're the, the people who are going to be prone 
to violence, attacking FBI field offices. They are, they're legitimate sources of news, quote unquote, and they're fringy types. They're getting it from all sides and it is radicalizing these people. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the question that Republicans need to be asked when they come on whatever show they're going on. This is the question. And Dana Bash posed it to Ohio Republican Mike Turner, who is the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, asked him, she asked him, would you take home information like this? Would you take it to your home? Bipartisan calls for do that. Put the materials in a room, let us see them, and then we can tell you what our answer is and, and what our you know, discernment is of whether or not this is a true national security threat or whether or not this is an abuse of discretion by Attorney General Garland. Do you take home documents marked special access? No. And yet you're casting doubt. And you know, quite frankly, you know, I've been, not, I've, I've been sorry, in the Oval on. Office um, w- with the president. And I'd, I'd be very surprised if he has actual documents at rise level and immediate national security threat. Well, the documents, just to be clear, several sets, and you're aware of that because you've seen the property receipt. You're casting doubt. You want information. You don't actually have that information on which to base that conclusion at this point. But you yourself would not take home documents that are marked special access. You would not take home this sensitive, compartmented information. So, number one, that was Brianna Keeler, not Dana Bash. Dana Bash is coming up in a clip, so I got confused. So, props to Brianna Keeler for asking this question, because this is the question. Republicans don't want to be admitting that they would take these kinds of documents home, because they're not supposed to be taking these right. kinds of documents no home. No one is. No. And so he's saying, well, let us see the documents so we can really see if they're a threat to national security. Do you not, do you not believe that the documents that are marked the way that they're marked... Like, is that not an appropriate ranking for right, you yeah. then? You're well, questioning. Are, are they inappropriately designated? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, designated is the word I was well, looking well, for. Also, well, also, well, I, I've worked in this world a That's little bit. That's what I mean. So. Yeah, help me out. So <laughs> so what's interesting is, is the, and comical and hilarious and fucking sad as fuck, is that, whop, whop, wow, that, that, that period of time after she answers the, asks the question, yeah. and then he goes, well, no. Dead air. She just, <laughs> I wish they would just let that moment hang longer. Yeah. And then he realizes, oh, this is. Not good. This is an awkward clip that's going to be played on podcasts all over the country. Yeah. Fuck, I better talk. <laughs> because obviously, again, we need to be very clear. And those of you out there who served, who maybe served it within in, in the intelligence area, you know that even one page is a big fucking deal. These are documents that I never would have had access to. This is need to know. And if they're just, first of all, when Jay Bratt, who heads the counterintelligence division of the Department of Justice, when he went down there in June, they were like, you got to put a padlock on it at the very least right now. That It was just unsecured. For everybody to be able to go down there and rummage. Some drunk Mar-a-Lago guest making his way down there. And be like, what's this? It, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It, and, and, and it really is, is pattern and practice for Donald Trump on how he viewed and treated sensitive intelligence matters 
even while he was president. Right. Well, I know this is going to be shocking to you, but Mike Turner had a very different take on Hillary Clinton's emails. Hillary Clinton, I would like to read a couple of things that you said about Hillary Clinton's emails in 2016. You said, quote, in May of that year, Hillary Clinton would be an awful president as she has shown a blatant disregard for our laws. You said former Secretary of State Clinton has put our national security at risk by showing a blatant disregard for highly sensitive classified information. In October, you said, I believe her actions as Secretary of State were not in accordance with the law. Some of your comments were said before it was even clear what was in her emails. You're not holding Donald Trump to the same standard. Why? Well, there, there are there's a significant difference here. One, there was active transmission of ongoing diplomatic classified communications that were traveling through Hillary Clinton's server in her residence, which innately and inherently are going to be a risk. These are two year old documents that are in the president's residence. We don't know what's in them. Uh, they're not ongoing. Uh, certainly Fuck now, you, which they waited two years. Do you have evidence? Do you have evidence? Sir, do you have evidence that they are not ongoing? ongoing communications that you had in Hillary Clinton. But remember, they did not that? raid Hillary Clinton's home. This is why this is why Hill, this is why Garland has got to answer these questions. It's unequal application of law. They did how, not raid sir, her how home. Do you know, they how spent do you know nine that hours not, in his home? Excuse me, sir. Sir, I just want to be clear. How do you know they're not ongoing? You haven't been briefed on what you want to be briefed on. How do you know that? Why are you saying that if well, you don't know it? According to the receipt, according, uh, well, we do know it, and even you know it. And you and I can both agree that the inventory itself lists papers uh, that were taken from his home in boxes. Papers are static. They're not ongoing uh, data communications and transmissions of data, which is what was going through Hillary Clinton's server. Remember, they did not raid his ho- her home. They raided his home. You were they talking about the information. In clearly- but what you were talking about is the information itself and whether it is still classified or whether it is still a national security risk. Listen, first of all, he's fucking wrong because an email is is just an electronic document, you dumb fuck. It, well, that's ongoing communications filtering through our server. You mean an email, which if you print it out, is much like what is in... The boxes that Donald Trump has. Ooh. Quit being a fucking obtuse asshole. You jerk off. Well, he's desperate to defend his logic. And you know what would would really be an assist for Mike Turner is eh, maybe a little consistency. Mm. You wouldn't be caught in traps like this with dead air comments if you had the same opinion about Hillary Clinton, which, by the way, uh, by the way, we did. We did. Was it wrong for Hillary Clinton to have a private server in her home? Yeah, fuck yeah, it was. Was it a problem relative to information security? Uh, fuck yeah, it was. Were we critical? Uh, fuck yeah, we were. And now, because of the glory of consistency, we are right yet again because we're holding this dumb fuck to the same standard we held Hillary Clinton. I would have liked to hear Mike Turner. More horn? More more trumpets? No, no, no. Oh. Mike Turner's perspective <laughs> on the reporting that came out from the New York Times about how one of Donald Trump's former attorneys signed a letter in June asserting that there was no more classified information stored at Mar-a-Lago at his residence. Signed yeah. a letter saying that there was no more classified 
information and submitted that. And then they pulled 11 boxes from the residents. Yeah, so they were lying. Yeah. What does he have to say about that? About the former president lying and having an attorney submit a signed letter saying there's no more classified information when there is. Does he have a does he have a problem with that? Of course not cuz it's Donald Trump. I think everyone would be pretty upset if Hillary Clinton had done that. Oh. Of, of course that doesn't matter. We can't ever say. <laughs> right. We can't ever use that as an argument. You you're right, but let's also not lose sight of the fact that there was no criminal investigation that was invoking violations of the Espionage Act when Hillary Clinton was improperly, maybe criminally, doing her fucking server with her emails. Mixing private wedding planning emails with her sensitive State Department communications as Secretary of State of the United States. It didn't devolve, even under Donald Trump's Justice Department, didn't devolve into a violation of the Espionage Act. And that's where we are with this, with Donald Trump. This is not a run-of-the-mill thing. This could very well disqualify him from running for office. Espionage Act. I mean, come the fuck on. Well, and before we get to the three criminal laws that the unsealed search warrant cites, let's let's illustrate to the audience how similar you are to Laura Ingram. <laughs> Does he look like a guy who just got a lot of wedgies in like sixth grade? I'm sorry. I- I'm going to be forever grateful to Mitch McConnell for keeping that apparatchik off the court. Today, he said a lot of nothing. He changed no minds about the propriety of this raid. Not a single one. Now, what we've witnessed this week, including today's five minutes of nothing, is a sham. It's a total embarrassment for America. What I love about this is, is one, it's ad hominem because that's... That's it. That's all she gives. Like, I'm an ad hominem guy. It's not truly ad hominem because I also make an argument. And I will dismantle someone's bullshit while making fun of them. But the, the reason you should believe me is not because I think Merrick Garland is this or that. But she that's that's what she wants you to believe. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit because he got a lot of wedgies in sixth grade. Thank God for Mitch McConnell, the big, strong guy who never got wedgies. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> These fucking people, man. Yeah. So, like you said, Espionage Act is being cited in the unsealed search warrant, as well as two additional criminal laws. Federal court in Florida unsealed the warrant that investigators used to search the home of former President Trump. The warrant cites three laws, obstruction, removing of government records, and the Espionage Act. The warrant listed the classification of documents that were seized from Mar-a-Lago on Monday, including four sets of top-secret documents, three sets of secret documents, three sets of confidential documents, and various documents were marked as top-secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information. This was- I'm going to pause because can they fucking tone down the music? Can they fade it out? What is I, she's supposed to be sitting in for Wolf Blitzer? It's adding a lot of flavor to what she's saying, though. Because for some reason, uh, the, when when Blitz starts his show, it's l- like two minutes of that insane heart racing music. We'll let it continue. Be material so sensitive that the U.S. goes to excruciating efforts to protect it. 
Only people with top secret clearance can read these documents, and they have to do it in what's known as a SCIF, or Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility. Now, these SCIFs require a special lock and have reinforced walls and electronic methods to prevent spying. I'm going to go right to CNN's Caitlin Poland. So, Caitlin, you have the warrant. What else are we learning from it? Right. Well, Dana, there is more information in here than we could have expected. Um, yesterday, there is three pages uh, that really lay out exactly what was seized from the property uh, of the former president, Mar-a-Lago, that beach club that is also his home uh, and is not a secured facility in the way that the federal government sets up secured facilities at this time. Uh, and this list, it was walks through. Uh, there are 33 items here that were seized as far as this list goes. Most of them are boxes with labels on them. One is a leather-bound box of documents. Within it, uh, it appears, the way this is written, that there are various classified TSSCI documents that were taken out of Mar-a-Lago, or at least they were labeled as such. TSSCI is that very high level of classification uh, in the U.S. government, top secret, sensitive, compartmented information. It really is the sort of information that is extremely protected uh, and only certain people are able to access it. This is what is under investigation, not necessarily the classified information, but just the idea that things that could hurt uh, the national defense, that could hurt the United States, were being kept in an unsecure location. And when we look also at what was being searched, how the federal authorities would have been doing their job, uh, we can see that they were given pretty broad uh, direction as to where they were to go to look. They were to look in the office of the former president in areas and other rooms being used by the former president where there could be uh, documents kept that would be unsecured, things they needed to really get out of that place. And then the other thing that is of interest here is that when this was receipt was signed, when it was handed over as the FBI would have been leaving, we see a timestamp of 6.19 p.m. That really does confirm that the FBI worked for most of the day um, to try try and take these things off of the premises and get them back into a secure hands. Let's reestablish some perspective here of how sensitive this stuff is or the dangers that were posed by who may have gotten their eyes on this Mm -hmm. and now knows highly, highly sensitive national security secrets. Because remember, a few months ago when this was talked about, it was reported in the news that The documents couldn't even be described in public. They were so sensitive. Like, not even generally talked about. So who else got their eyes on this? We know the disrespect and disregard Donald Trump has for intelligence. You think Don Jr. hasn't been down there rummaging around in these boxes? Don Jr. who doesn't have a security clearance? Jared Kushner, you think he doesn't know what's in these boxes? The same Jared Kushner who, through normal channels, was unable to get a top-secret clearance, and only because Donald Trump said so, he got one. You think the cadre of other Mar-a-Lago-based Donald Trump staff dum-dums haven't been down there looking around because of curiosity? I'll tell you this. The FBI set straight away to fingerprint these documents to find out who the fuck was accessing them. That's not my guess. That's been reported. They're gonna know. They're gonna find out who the fuck was looking at these. And you know, especially if you do have a security clearance, 
because having a top secret clearance doesn't give you legal access to these documents. The audience needs to know that. We should have said that up front. I had a top secret clearance that wouldn't have given me access to. This is a big, big deal. One of the biggest scandals, if not the biggest, in the era of Donald Trump. Well, and you heard in that clip that agents were directed to look in his office. So when you heard Sean Duffy say, Sean Duffy, the Republican commentator and former real-world contestant... (laughs) On Fox contestant, News. Contestant, right. Not star, contestant. He, he said that this would need to be something that Donald Trump actually had in his desk for it to warrant this this level of response. Yeah. Okay, well, when you tell Sean Duffy that they were directed to look in his office, yeah. I wonder what his response will be. It'll just be another moving of the goalposts. These people will never stop. Yeah. They'll never stop. Before they found out it was related to nuclear information, they were saying it has it has to be nuclear in order for it to be this serious. And now that it is nuclear, they've moved it on to something else. Right. Before they found out they need they were told to look in his office, they were saying he doesn't know what was packed up. He doesn't know what's being held at Mar-a-Lago. He, he didn't pack the boxes. It was yeah. such a chaotic time when he was moving out. Who knows? And then they go in his office to find the documents. It is... You're right, it's never going to stop, most certainly. But thankfully for us, because this is a national security issue, they're not going to do one of those for the health of the nation. We're going to pardon Richard Nixon. They can't do that. Because why? Ask yourself this question. Why would Donald Trump have these documents? It's not for nostalgia's sake. Why? Why would he have these particular documents risk everything to have them? There must be, because we know Donald Trump, we know what his motivations are, there must be a financial benefit for him having these particular things down at Mar-a-Lago. Right, and so because Republicans are afraid of what is to come for Donald Trump. They are urging him to speed up his announcement for his 2024 bid. Well, former President Trump is enjoying a wave of support after the FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago and some top Republicans who first urged Trump to wait until after the midterms to announce his run for president in 2024 are now urging him to get in sooner. CNN's Melanie Zanona joins us now. So explain the strategy here. Well, Victor, I would say this is more of a PR and defensive strategy than anything. I mean, look, Republicans do not know what the Justice Department has on Trump or what they're looking into, but they're trying to use that black hole to their advantage. And they think that by Trump declaring a presidential bid now, they can paint Trump as a victim and try to paint the investigation and a potential indictment as nothing more than just a political witch hunt that's designed to take him down. Uh, And this is a really a rapid shift in thinking among Trump's inner circle because many of them wanted Trump to wait until after the midterms to announce any presidential bid because they were concerned about Trump being on the ballot in November instead of it being a referendum on President Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. But over the last 48 hours, we've been told that Trump has just received a barrage of encouragement to run as soon as possible, including at a dinner last night that he had with a group of House conservative members. I talked to one of those Republicans that was at the dinner last night, Republican Jim Banks of Indiana, and here's what he told me about that meeting with Trump. 
he, as in Trump, told us that his mind is made up. It's just a timing of when he will make that announcement. My sense is he is fired up and ready to go. And he received a lot of encouragement in the room to get out sooner than later. Now, Victor, I'm also told that during this meeting, Trump and the group of House Republicans talked about the types of investigations into the Department of Justice that Republicans will pursue if they recapture the majority in the fall. And so this is really just another example of how Republicans are rallying to Trump's side in the wake of this FBI search. So if Donald Trump is going to run, I mean, I don't want him running. I think he's dangerous for the country. I think he's bad for for democracy, absolutely. But if he's going to run anyway, get him in early. That's what I say. Why? Because it's it's going to be make the midterms about Trump, about the Supreme Court, about the damage he did. And I think it's going to be a, a windfall for Democrats who were really staring down the barrel of a gun and looking at losing both of their majorities in the Senate and the House. Mm. So it, that's my take on it. If he's getting in anyway, get him the fuck in early. Yeah. Also, it's going to take the, the the sale out of Ron DeSantis. You know, there's a lot of moving parts here. And if we can get Ron DeSantis out for this particular run, his star may fade and he might not be ready for a 2028. Mm-hmm. So uh, I say say in. But there's a lot there. You know what I mean? Yeah, particularly the Republicans announcing the investigations that they're going to pursue preemptively, yeah, letting yeah. everyone know, no, these are the people that we're going to go after. This is what we're going to prioritize. And similar to how Republicans operate in everyday life, it is all about getting back at the Democrats yeah. and payback and not about actual and distraction things that will benefit the American people. I mean, Jim Jordan right now, who will be the chair of the Judiciary Committee in the House, if indeed uh, the, the, the Republicans take the House, uh, he's t- saying that 14 FBI agents have come forward as whistleblowers to sound the alarm about the improprieties within the Department of Justice, which he, it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. Right. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think about all this. What have you been thinking? Where are you at? with it as it were 657-464-7609 of course you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com it's the asshole of today the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey. Uh, this guy. John Mackey went on a podcast, I believe for Reason magazine. Of course. And discussed his thoughts on how the socialists are taking over. The concern is that I feel like socialists are taking over. They're marching through the institutions. They're taking everything over. They And uh, taking over education. It looks like they've taken over a lot of the corporations. It looks like they've taken over um, the military. And, and it's just continuing. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm deeply concerned about... Um, um, you know, I'm a capitalist at heart, and I'm a li- I believe in liberty and capitalism. Those are my yeah. my twin values, and I feel like, you know, with the way freedom of speech is today, uh, the movement on on gun control, um, a lot of the th- liberties that I've taken for granted most of my life, I think, are under threat. Yeah. Packing a court, maybe packing the Supreme Court because they uh, vote they're voting down things that. Uh, 
How does it it feel to be in Texas? I mean, you're in Austin, so that's one of the coolest cities in America. But it's also, it's in a state that is increasingly conservative. Um, Does that, you know, or do you have concerns about Texas as a place to live for freedom? I don't. I like living in Texas. Texans are friendly. I I don't pay any uh, state income taxes. Um, You know... Abortion laws are going to be democratized now, and people are all in panic. But that's because democracy hasn't yet gone to work yet. So if Texas has too narrow, uh, uh, you know, if it's only five weeks or whatever, yeah. well, there'll be candidates that run on, you know, first trimester. trimester right. And, and, and d- democracy will change the way the abortion laws are, and they'll be more reflective of the overall state values. Um, so... I'm, I'm just going to be very interesting to see how that particular one plays out. Yeah. Um, and people can will go to different states. or I, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I've re- been reading the Reason articles on that, and, and uh, uh, I don't agree with a lot of what I've read in Reason about on the abortion issue. Which is Do you that, mean that it being restrictive? Or? Uh, Reason is, uh, seems to be pretty pro uh, Roe versus Wade, and I always thought that was bad constitutional law. Mm. So says the CEO of a fucking grocery store. Yeah, the Whole Foods CEO who has made millions of dollars in his role as the CEO of Whole Foods is concerned that his liberties are under threat. I would love to know which liberties John Mackey believes are under threat for him. I mean, he's saying it's pretty much they're coming for your freedom of speech and they're coming for your guns. That's what he's saying. Yeah, the socialists have taken over the military. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Well, it's because he listens to Fox News and he's probably on Twitter and he sees idiots talk about the woke military, even though the, it that is fucking nonsense. Where do you see wokeness in the the military? Our war fighters, our warriors, they're sensitive woke i i don't fucking get it Mm -hmm. but it it, it's great because it lets me know which grocery stores i will and won't shop in Mm -hmm. when the head of the grocery store if this is the way he treats um his ideas about freedom and the uh inclusiveness and about uh living in texas is good for him because he doesn't have to pay taxes there but millions of women are being oppressed and their, their constitutional rights being stripped away. That's a guy, how do you think he's going to treat his employees? Well, and this also seems like a weird move for, again, the CEO of Whole Foods. Because who's propping up Whole Foods and paying those prices? It's it's not fellow liberty and capitalism are my guiding values MAGA people. Right, in his organic vegetable section. Yeah, so nice going i guess is this like a chess level ceo business move i don't know going on reasons podcast talking about how you love capitalism when you are the ceo of whole foods i don't you know we had friends over this weekend and we we enjoyed some delicious food Mm -hmm. and we had some good conversation and they own a, a couple of teslas and we had a conversation about um that i'll never own a tesla because elon musk is a fucking piece of shit and and one of our friends was talking about, well, you know, every corporation has a piece of shit. Yeah, that's a good point. And then I reflected on it. And if they're going to be open and bold and aggressive about their messaging and about their ideas, there's other choices out there. Mm-hmm. If you choose to continue to shop with Whole Foods, do your thing, knock yourself out. If you love their mediocre produce, 
that's your deal. I'm not going to spend my money there. There's other places I can go who may have bad CEOs, but they're not fucking out there on podcasts talking about the the fact that they pay less tax in Texas. So that's more important than women's right to to bodily autonomy and, and personal health care choices. Well, Jesse, I think John Mackey would appreciate that as a capitalist. Yeah, and a, 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 a proponent of the democratization of the issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. I'm using my choice and my liberty to spend my money elsewhere. So fuck you, you asshole of today. Taking care of biz. Beto. Beto O'Rourke. Running for governor of Texas, was giving a speech, and in that speech he was discussing the shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and a Greg Abbott supporter, it has been reported, decided to laugh during this discussion. Apparently, continuously, he was laughing, and Beto got fed up. And Beto had a perfect response to that cruelty. I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat legally purchased by an 18 year old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17 but followed the law that's on the books ladies and gentlemen that says that you can buy not one you can buy two or more if you want to ar-15s hundreds of rounds of ammunition and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at 5 feet. It may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me, okay? starting their school year right now that they don't have to worry about somebody walking into their school with a weapon like this that we take common sense steps we find the common ground democrats and republicans gun owners non-gun owners alike it may be funny to you motherfucker but it's not funny to me the, the downside of this is that we were seeing articles this week written about the coarseness of the politics of the language. He answered coarseness with coarseness. What language is going to get through to the guy who's cackling with delight at the slaughter of 19 kids and two teachers? What, what language? Fuck that guy. Well, it's also, that was an NPR article, which, yes. which was quite surprising. And they specifically said in the tweet about language in front of the elderly and children. Again, I don't know what is with this pearl clutching about bad words, especially when you're talking about the elderly, who I'm sure have heard the word fuck before in their life. Not only that, we heard the response of the audience at large. Right. They were thrilled that finally they have a candidate who's going to stand up against the ghouls who aren't taking up for children. Right. And if you want to talk about what what's going on with kids, how about the trauma of of a little girl having to put blood on herself? Right. So that the shooter thinks that she's dead and doesn't shoot her 
while she's surrounded by dead classmates. I mean, kids do not need to worry about bad words. Does your kid have a cell phone? Right. Okay, they're seeing a lot worse yeah. online, okay? I'll tell you that right now. So if we could stop pretending like the worst thing to happen to a child is them to hear Beto call someone a motherfucker, if we could stop with that, that would be great. And you know what? Good for Beto. Absolutely. I have my criticisms for Beto, um, but he needs your support if you're in Texas. Yes. Because there's a real, real chance of having a Democrat be governor in the state of Texas, which is going to stop in its tracks the the unconstitutional, totalitarian, tyrannical instincts of the the, 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 the Texas legislature. There's enough, there's enough Democrats in Texas to get it done, to get involved. Anyway, we'd love your thoughts on this. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We didn't do a Patreon mid-roll, but we'll do it right now. Uh, we would love your support. If you've been on the fence, you've been thinking about it, take part in supporting the show and joining in the contest this month. There's going to be three t-shirts given away to existing patrons who were patrons before August of this year. And we're going to give three pieces of merch to uh, three different, one piece of merch to three different people who become patrons this month. And then um, that will also include people who email us at idoubtedatdollamore.com and want to also take part in it and, and aren't into being Patreon supporters. And that is great as well. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.